Welcome to Changeable. This is episode 25. The average news resolution lasts 17 days. What consciousness has to do with it. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Changeable, a podcast about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. And now, here's your host, Dr. Amy Johnson. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to Changeable. I hope you've had a great New Year, a great holiday season, and you're looking forward to 2019. 2019, like, does that not sound like we're in the future? I mean, I I don't know. I thought we were going to be vacationing on the moon and, you know, having all of our cars drive themselves, which hopefully we really will have in a few years. But I remember being a kid and just thinking, oh my gosh, in the year 2000, this is the way it was going to be. And we're almost at 2020, which is insane. But anyway, I hope you've had a really, really nice holiday, a happy new year, and you're settling into this new one. So today's episode might be a little short, but I want to talk about one of my favorite topics ever, which is this whole thing of the fact that the average New Year's resolution lasts 17 days. Now, today, I just want to talk about kind of what feels to me like a little corner of this. And the reason for that is that on Wednesday, January 16th, I'm doing a free one-hour webinar on this topic. And I'd love for you to join me if you want to hear more about this. So on Wednesday, January 16th, I'll talk at length or as much as I can in an hour, and I'll go as deep as I can in an hour about how we go about change, how the ways we've been taught to go about change and make change happen are the reason that our change attempts only last for 17 days. You're not the reason. It's not your fault. You don't need to get stronger. You don't need to work harder. You need to see better, see a better way. So please join me for that webinar. You can register for that at dramyjohnson.com slash resolution. Uh, It's going to be free and live and I'll send a recording if you're registered. So there's no reason not to, if you'd love to hear more about this so that we can stop going through this cycle that I know I went through for years and years and years and years. And I always have memories of it this time of year where I would start off the very end of December, the very, very beginning only of January, hopeful and absolutely determined, like just so committed and knowing, knowing for sure that this was the year that was finally gonna be different. I was gonna be different. I was going to do, you know, all like I could just list all the things in my life that would be different in the first few days of the month. And I'd pull out all the stops. I'd have the plan. I'd, you know, have all my tools and techniques in place. And if I lasted 17 days, I was lucky. I probably did last 17 days at least most of the time because I would kill myself to (laughs) drag this on as far as I could. But, um, you know, if it lasted three weeks, I was lucky. And Come the end of January, every single time I did this, which was most years up until fairly recently, it was a mess. It sucked. It wasn't like, oh, that didn't work. Too bad. Move on. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't get the promotion. Okay, I'll get over it. Oh, I didn't finish the marathon. Okay, I'll get over it. It was like, I am a failure. What is, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, something is seriously flawed. Something is seriously broken. So, you know, that made the end of January and most of February really fun. (laughs) And, you know, it's a horrible cycle and it's, 
It's completely rooted in misunderstanding, innocent, innocent misunderstanding. I was doing what everyone else is doing, going about change in ways that don't work, that aren't sustainable and that aren't deep. And then I was doing what most people unfortunately also do, beating myself up afterward and feeling like it was all my fault. So anyway, I want to put a stop to this. So I'm doing this one hour webinar um, and I'll, I'll obviously go a lot deeper than I will in this episode there. So again, please join me. Register at dramyjohnson.com slash resolution. So in today's episode, I want to talk about um, just a little sliver of this. And this is the way it's coming up for me as I sit down in front of my microphone right now is kind of different than how I've ever talked about it. So I'm curious myself to see how this goes. Well, we're, uh, we're in this together here. We'll kind of, kind of walk through this to see how it goes. But I want, I was thinking about that um, Einstein quote about you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. So when we're in a certain, I don't know, level of consciousness, a certain mindset, a certain energy, a certain place within ourselves, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and something looks like a problem, you're not going to solve the problem from that same place. How do you solve the problem? Well, I guess you move to a different place, right? You move to a different level of consciousness and you see the problem differently. So I was just thinking about that in a really open way, you know, not, not really targeted, but just kind of like, huh, that's big. Like that's profound. Like what does that mean really? You can't solve a problem from the same, le- the same consciousness that created it. And thinking about consciousness. Now, how I'm going to share this, please, please, please promise me that you won't take this really literally. I'm going to talk about, I think, <laughs> we'll see again, but the way it showed up for me thinking about this episode was talking about kind of levels of consciousness. And to me, the most vivid way of talking about levels of consciousness, the, the most vivid kind of metaphor or visual for that is an elevator. So I'm most likely in the next few minutes here going to talk about an elevator of consciousness. Obviously, there's no literal elevator, but try to also just hold all of it, everything about a level or a place or a here and a there and a get here and a get there very, very loosely because I've seen it a million times. I've probably done it myself a million times where we hear something like this and then our mind can sometimes get a little fixated on, ooh, what level am I at? As if there's an actual level, like there isn't really an actual level of consciousness. Like these numbers are completely made up. It's all just sort of an illustration to kind of give you a feel for how things kind of sort of work, but they don't actually work the way I'm saying, the way my words would imply or the way my, my words would make it sound. So anyway, just promise me that you'll um, do your best to kind of listen to this one really loosely and keep in mind, this is just an illustration. We're just trying to get a feel for something here. So let's start by seeing that all human beings, we have some, something, okay, something called consciousness and it's our, our, like how we see things in that moment, our ability to be aware, what we're aware of, what's being brought to life for us in any given moment. And our, I'm going to say levels, our levels of consciousness are moving all over the place. So when you wake up in a really horrible mood, you're in kind of a low level of consciousness. Nothing looks good. You just want to go back to bed. 
you could have, you know, delicious breakfast waiting for you. Nice, you know, cute kids, handsome husband handing you a cup of coffee. Doesn't matter. You don't even see them. You're in a, you're in the basement. You're in a low level of consciousness. And, you know, things just look the way they look. Now, let's say you kind of go through your day and who knows, but as you go through your day, your consciousness seems like it's rising a little bit. So you didn't do anything in particular, like you didn't, you know, manipulate it, make it happen in any way. You just went about your day and, you know, what do you know? You, you overhear something at work and it's funny and you laugh and maybe that kind of opens you up a little bit. And then maybe someone praises you and then you're like, oh yeah. And then your mind goes in a different direction. Now you're rising up, up these higher levels of consciousness. So as as your consciousness is getting kind of higher, you're seeing more and more. Now this, I think, I hope is, we can sort of agree on that. I, I don't know, but I think this is kind of common sense in a way that the more caught up in thought we are, the worse we feel, the less we see, the more limited and like there's just no possibilities. And the more open our mind is, the better we feel, the more we see. And, and so we humans are constantly moving up and down this sort of slider of consciousness. Now, again, for me, the best way to think of it is an elevator. So we, we go from floor one to floor nine. Let's say floor nine is the top floor. We go from one to nine as we go from one to nine. Maybe in a particular day, you stay between two and four. Maybe in another day, you actually go from one to nine in a given day. But Either way, we're just kind of moving up and down this, this sort of elevator of consciousness. And the higher up we get, the more we see. Just like if you're in a big city and you're on the lower floors all, and you look out the window, all you can see is into the building right next to you because there's tons of skyscrapers right on top of each other, right? But as you get higher and higher, you can see more and more. And that's how we work. So we humans are going up and down this, this kind of, elevator of consciousness all the time by nature. It's just just how it goes. So consider that our habits, our problems, our personality characteristics that we like or don't like are associated with different levels, different floors, such that let's say at, you know, floor four, that's where jealousy and insecurity live. On floor three, that's where anger and rage live. Maybe on floor two is where habits and addiction, drinking and eating and cutting and cheating and lying, maybe that's where those live. Now, again, this is not so fixed, but we're just kind of telling a story. So just associating kind of what we experience, what we think and feel and do with these various levels is kind of cool, especially knowing that we're, we're on this elevator. By nature, like we're always on the elevator. You're always, you're, you're not on any, you're not stuck on any given floor. You're not on any given floor for long. It's the natural momentum within a human being to be moving around and movement on that elevator, a movement up and down consciousness is always possible and it's always happening in bigger little ways. Sometimes we have a huge jump. Some most of the time, probably it's pretty subtle, but there's always movement there. So If the way that we are and the things that we like or dislike or want to change or want to fix, um, the things we've set our resolutions to to change, 
those are associated with different levels, different floors. Already, that's a really different way of looking at this. You don't have anything. Like you don't have a binge eating habit. You don't have a drinking problem. You don't have a jealousy or an anger or a rage issue. You aren't insecure. You aren't lacking confidence. You aren't rude to people. You're at a level of consciousness. And at that level of consciousness, these things come out. And for every single one of us, when our consciousness shifts, when we rise higher up the elevator of consciousness, those things go away. Now, will our elevator head back down out of habit? Sure, probably. So when I say those things go away, again, I know what I would have heard a few years ago, like, well, that's fine, but that's not enough because I'm just going to head right back down to that floor. I know it because I always hang out on floor three. Okay. But there's also like that, let that be true if you think that needs to be true. But at the same time, let's keep looking at the fact that there is an elevator (laughs) and a fictional metaphorical elevator that's always in motion and that the things on those floors are not us. They aren't, they aren't associated with us. They aren't wedded to us or, or attached to us in any way. They're more attached, if anything, to a level of consciousness. So that at any point, as your consciousness rises, as your mind opens, as you feel bigger and more expansive and open, all of those things at the lower levels start to fall away. And you didn't need to do anything to make those happen. Meaning you didn't need to find, you know, to apply the right patch or fix to your specific problem necessarily to make that happen. What what ultimately was at cause for the change was your consciousness rising. So that means you didn't need to go to therapy and talk about your jealousy issues and where they come from in order for you to not feel jealous, when your consciousness rises, you don't feel jealous. Now, that does not mean don't go to therapy and talk about things. I'm not saying that at all. Maybe as consciousness rises, it occurs to you, hey, it really would feel good to talk about this. So by all means, do that. I'm just saying what's what's ultimately beneath it is not beneath our change. It's not the fix that we're applying. It's not the patch or the band-aid or the tool or the technique or the thing we're putting on. It's the fact, the common denominator in all of it is the fact that as our consciousness rises, we rise above things that look to be our problems, our personality, our habit, our addiction. They aren't ours because a rise in consciousness takes care of them. Now think about that Einstein quote again for a minute. You can't solve a problem from the consciousness that created it. What we're all trying to do in a sense, what I think, I don't know, a lot of old paradigm, traditional self-help methods kind of point us to do is to get off the elevator on level three, if that's where your biggest problem is, the one that's creating the most suffering for you, camp out on level three and figure this stuff out. (laughs) So, I mean, set the resolution, figure out what you're going to do and do it and do it right then and there as it's a problem. There's no, there's, there's no mention, at least there wasn't to me of, oh, by the way, your mind's always naturally changing. No, it was like, let's dig into this problem. Let's look at it and let's solve it. And, and again, in this little 
metaphorical story. It's like what that is, is basically us getting off the elevator saying, okay, I live on level three right now and I'm going to stay right here until I get this solved. But the thing is on, on level three, you can only see in a level three way. The problem is there at level three for a reason, because your best thinking led you to that issue. You know, if you're caught up in a habit, the best you can see to feel better is to do your habit. So it's already your best attempt. There's no other option. Everything we do is the best we can see to do from the level of consciousness that we're at. So it's, it not only doesn't make sense, it's not really even possible from the same consciousness, from the same level to try to solve something because you can't see it from there. It'd be like a person who doesn't know German trying to teach someone else German. It's not, you can't, you have to know German and then you can share it. So we, we're fighting a losing fight, you know, when we're, when we're trying to figure it out. And, and the, the biggest thing that comes to me is I, you know, I work with so many people with various habits, but a lot of them that they've had for a really long time and they tend to be really ingrained and it's so natural and normal and understandable that people want to know, well, what do I do when I'm in the middle of it? What do I do or what do I do when it starts? So something like binge eating or nighttime eating. I've gotten this question a lot about nighttime eating for some reason lately. I wake up in the middle of the night before I know what I'm eating. What do I do? I don't know what you do because in that level of consciousness, you're already doing the best you can see to do. Or what do I do when I'm hit with this sudden overwhelming urge to drink? Like what can, what's a tool? What's the thing I can say to myself? What's a, you know, how can I break the pattern or wake up or whatever when I'm hit with that? Well, I don't know. I don't know how you can wake yourself up and throw yourself into a new level of consciousness. In that level of consciousness, you're already doing the best you can do. So it's not about finding a better strategy from within that level, from within how you see things, because you're, you're already doing that naturally. We all are. So it's less about what do I do when I feel this way or what do I do when I'm in the middle of it? And more, again, and, and I, I get it. People don't like this answer. I didn't like this answer because it didn't leave me feeling like I was going to control and fix this. But it's more about seeing, no, there's an elevator. I don't know how you're going to fix the only thing you can see to do on, you know, floor three. But I do know that if you keep seeing that there's an elevator, you're going to relax a little bit more on floor three. You're going to beat yourself up a little bit less for what happens on floor three. You're going to call it you and yours a lot less. You're going to take it a lot less seriously and a lot less personally. And before you know it, you will be up the elevator. That's just the way we work. I get that that doesn't give us a thing to do to get out of that jam, but I don't know. I mean, I think we just have to get over that. Like, I think we have to see, oh, there isn't going to be this Band-Aid perfect fix where I'll never do the thing I don't want to do again. But there's actually much, much better. If I can see what's going on and, and bigger than in that moment, no, okay, I'm always moving. I'm doing the best I can see from where I am. I tell you, I mean, the resistance we have, the clinging we're doing to to where we are and the way we're trying to push and fight and make it different, that lessens, it loosens up. 
and whoosh, there you go to the penthouse. And it really does happen that way because that's the way that we're designed. That's just the way it works for all people. So the natural question again is always going to be back to, and for me too, like how, how do I rise more? Now, there are things that we can do to, to bring about shifts in consciousness. I don't think we're in control of it. There's nothing that, it's not like walk stepping onto a real elevator and pushing a button and being pretty darn certain that the elevator is going to go to the floor, you know, of the button that you pushed. It's not that cut and dry. We don't have that much control over it. But of course, there are things that we do that bring about shifts in consciousness all the time. And shifts in consciousness are naturally happening. So I want you to kind of see both of those at play. There are things we can do to help. And no matter what we do, it's part of our nature. It's happening already anyway, and it's going to happen. So what can we do to help? Well, I mean, the thing that comes to mind first for me is that we relax. Because think of it as like putting tons and tons of weight in that elevator. If the weight in the elevator is our resistance and our pushing and our clinging, the weight slows it down. Now the elevator still moves unless you really max out that capacity. I don't know, maybe it wouldn't at some point, but the elevator still moves, but it moves a little slower and a little clumsier and maybe a little less smoothly when there's a bunch of weight in there. So in our case, again, the way we kind of release the weight is we let go. We relax. We, we see more about how this all works already perfectly without our input needed, without our effort needed. There are extreme things that people do to bring about shifts in consciousness. I'm reading a really interesting book right now about LSD. That's one thing that you can do to bring about a rise in consciousness or a shift in consciousness. It's extreme. I'm not saying go do it, but that's an example, right? There are all kinds of examples. I mean, people take LSD. People also go for a walk outside, not on drugs. That brings about something. It occurs to you when you're feeling really horrible, get up, you know, go outside, call a friend, do something, go on the forum, read a book. I don't know, all the things that we do, take a deep breath, go for a run. All of those help bring about a shift in consciousness because again, we're not talking about like an acid trip shift in consciousness necessarily. We're not talking about going from floor one to floor nine. We're just talking about a shift. We're just talking about loosening things up a little bit and letting that elevator flow a little more smoothly because that's what it wants to do by nature. That's its design. So again, see if you can play with the fact that of course there are things we can do to encourage this and it can be fun but it is not your responsibility to move consciousness. As soon as it becomes your responsibility, that's like putting an elephant in the elevator. It's going to get hard and you're going to get frustrated and it's not going to work very well. So it's not our, it's not on us. That elevator is moving like it or not. And what I love to do is just like encourage people to just notice how it shifts. I mean, I find myself in moods all the time that are not pleasant. And and then I just notice later, wow, how did that change? Because I didn't do anything. I didn't make it change. I didn't do one of these things. You know, maybe I didn't even go outside or take acid or any of that. Like I just I just feel different. And 
that happens for all humans all the time, but we're very used to discounting it and not noticing it. So just start noticing that. Notice how things shift. And, you know, my favorite way to bring about a shift in consciousness is to be in this conversation that we're having here. For me, hands down, and for many people I know, this is it. Being curious, being open, exploring, oh, what is consciousness? How does it work? Who am I and how do I work? You know, and and looking in this direction of bringing that what if question in. What if? What if I really am always well? What if I really am always feeling my own changing, fleeting, moving psychology and it's not even mine? It's just moving through me. Asking those questions and being in this bigger conversation, I don't know, I'm biased, but hands down for me has been huge shifts in consciousness. And by the way, just because we have a gigantic shift in in consciousness, you're at a different level. Maybe you're at level nine and you don't think you've ever been there. It doesn't mean you're going to stay there. In fact, you're not going to stay there. But it's a bit of a paradox because once you've been to level nine, now again, I'm kind of making this up. This is just my experience. But it feels to me like once you've been to level nine, your elevator like kind of know, oh, that's an option. It, It moves there more easily, more readily, more often maybe. And so it's a bit of both. It's like at the, at the same time, like we're always moving up and down and any level is available to us and any level is normal and human and okay. And as we play with these bigger shifts in consciousness, as we get curious about who we are and we relax and we, we see things with fresh eyes, it kind of makes those higher floors a little more accessible. And once you've been there, it seems like it's easier to revisit them. So again, that's my experience, but see, see what your experience is. But I hope this, this conversation, again, for me, this has been really cool because it's just sort of a different way of talking about why our change doesn't stick, why our resolutions only last for 17 days, because we're getting off the elevator and we're at one level of consciousness trying to fix things at that level. And it isn't going to work that way. It's why there isn't an answer when my clients and people in the school ask, and they do all the time, and I get it, I did too. Well, what do I do when I start to feel this way? I don't know what you'll do when you start to feel that way because you'll do whatever your consciousness allows for. You'll do whatever you can see to do. But I do know that the more you step back and don't worry about what happens in a given moment and ride that elevator and know that you're on an elevator, the more you'll know that you're on an elevator. <laughs> so the more you'll, you'll get to benefit from that movement and you'll see it for what it is. And that might be the biggest consciousness shifter of all. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you want to learn much more about why the average New Year's resolution lasts just 17 days and what you can see so that you don't keep falling into that trap yourself, please come to the free webinar I'm doing on that topic on Wednesday, January 16th. You can register for the webinar at dramyjohnson.com resolution. I really hope to see you there.